My name's John Sherwood. I was born in Calgary, Alberta, but I grew up in Fredericton. I actually grew up with my grandparents because um, my father, he went back out west uh, really before I got to know him. Uh, so my grandfather actually was like my, my father. I called him Papa and I still remember when I was probably four or five years old, uh, remembering when he was about to get home at supper time and uh, just being so excited to see him. Uh, it was five years ago, actually, this Father's Day. It would have been the last time that I got to have like a full conversation with him just before he died. And um, so Father's Day has been kind of hard for me, but uh, there's so many memories that I have with my grandfather. In a way, I was named after him, although my full name is Jonathan. Uh, I've kind of proudly taken his name the whole Father's Day thing was a struggle for me growing up because although I had my grandfather, there's always this sense of not having my earthly father. So it was a struggle. Most of my friends, I guess, would have had uh, kind of a normal Father's Day. But for me, it always felt a little bit different. When I became an adult, I started to appreciate my grandfather more. He had been retired for some years, but I realized kind of the sacrifice that he had made for me. I remember one time I was playing hockey and he drove me to the York Arena. I had to get all my equipment out of the trunk and set it aside kind of out of the snow. And for some reason he got out to help too, but the keys were locked inside the car while it was running. and. Uh, I only had probably half an hour to get ready, but uh, I remember running home and uh, he never let on that he was bad, but I knew that he was. But there are so many times, I guess, when I would go to his house and although I knew he was my grandfather, he just felt like my father. Um, even though he wasn't supposed to have sweets, sometimes he would get my favorite cookies and just say, oh, do you like these? Like I should. I shouldn't have them, you should probably just take them. And it was just kind of his way of giving me a gift. So it was five years ago, Father's Day, when I took my guitar in to see my grandfather. And uh, he was, he and my grandmother were actually the ones to get me my first guitar. I, I didn't even want one, but it was kind of cool that they thought that that would be really good for me. So I wanted to play a song for him. It was really meant to be kind of a gift of appreciation for uh, what he had done for me. So I played a song for him and at the end he just said, you know, that's that's pretty. He, he seemed to like it. So it meant a lot. Um, I wish that I had knew, known that that would have been the last time I would have seen him because it was just like a week later that he became really sick and, and passed away. I had the honor of you know, doing a, a eulogy and, and playing at the at the funeral, and I'm really glad that I did. But Father's Day has been a a tough time for me. But you know, the man that I called Papa was essentially like my father, and has taught me a lot of who my heavenly father is. And so now, as an adult, I feel like I have a better appreciation of how to rely on God as my heavenly father. And uh, shout out to everyone watching at South Campus today. Glad you guys are with us as well. 
happy dad's day, happy grad's day, happy one last week of school day thing. Uh, and there's five more nights that I get to say it is a school night. And I will relish every one of them, and it will be fantastic. But it's a sure sign that summer is really, really quickly approaching. And so before we really kind of get started today, I do want to run through a bunch of summer reminders for us. Um, because there's kind of a lot going on that we want you guys to know about. The first is this, is that we are changing uh, service times and services, really, for the summer. And so what we're doing for the summer is Saturday night at 6, which is great, and South Campus on Sunday at 10 a.m., and North Campus Sunday at 10 a.m. All right, so basically what we're doing is we are combining the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. into one. And if you were at the 9 or the 11 last week and you were looking around going, how is that going to work? Because there's no, no seats really to do that. And the answer, of course, is yeah. <laughs> and so here's, so here's what we're going to need you guys to do. And these are good problems, right? And is what we need to do, we actually, with three services, we have enough seats for everyone, it's just that you can't all come to the same service. And so we're going to invite you and challenge you to branch out a little bit and to try something new. And so, if this applies to you at all, maybe come to Saturday, if, you know, or, you know, maybe some of you need to go across the river for church. You can cross the river. I believe in you. Right? And, and if you're usually a Sunday morninger, or, you know, maybe you want to try Saturday night for the summer and give it a shot. It's challenging, but you can do it and it'll be great. And so that's what summer's going to look like. And maybe you just switch things up and it'll be really good. That's going to start in two weeks, but starts in July. So Saturday at 6 and two Sunday mornings at 10. Uh, the other thing about summer that I want to highlight really quick uh, is summer giving. Just another reminder, I know Dave has already said this, but just thank you for continuing to give all summer, even if you aren't going to be here. Does that make sense? Yep. Right? I, I understand, like, listen, there's no loophole, there's no asterisk in the Bible that says tithing is important, giving is important, unless you're at the cottage, obviously. And this is not in Leviticus or James or anywhere, okay? Um, and so really important for you guys to do that. And then it's also just on a practical level with how we budget. Like we budget for 52 weeks out of the year, and, and that matters even if you only come for 40 of those 52 weeks. This is how your life works with the budget. Anyway, like if you are going to Hawaii all July, which I'm praying for every day I pray, but if that's you, right, get NB Power is not going to send you a note and say like, oh, you were gone all July? Forget your bill. You don't need to worry about that. You weren't even home. Nope, they won't do that. That's not how budget works. Now, I'm not trying to equate giving your tithes and offerings as if it's the same thing as paying a bill, because it's not. But from a practical standpoint of how a church is budgeted and what we need to do week in and week out, does that all make sense? Yes. Fantastic. The other kind of fun thing that we're doing uh, this summer is raising money for all the... We're basically upgrading some really cool, exciting parts of our ministry. And so we're raising money for a couple of summer projects. 
Uh, one of them is to significantly upgrade our kids' ministry check-in system and, and how they sign kids in and we're able to connect with parents and just a really important kind of family connection for the church. The other thing we're doing is a significant upgrade to our video system and how we record and what that looks like at South and some fun things we might be able to do online. And so we've been kind of raising money for that for a couple weeks and getting people to designate that on their envelopes. And I actually, I have written down, you know, hopefully next week we'll have an update to tell you guys like how we've done so far. But I got one just a few minutes ago um, from a text and actually right now at this point we've already raised over $19,000. Um, so that's, that's ridiculous and really exciting. I actually hesitated to not tell you so that some people would continue to give to it because I know that some people would want to when you were planning on it and now you're just going to be like, well, whatever, but no, you should still give that and fund my trip to Hawaii for July, it'll be great. No, you should still give that if you want to, but that's insane, we just announced that two weeks ago, and we are already over, and uh, man, God is good, isn't he? Very cool. Uh, and then the final thing is that in two weeks we are launching a new series for July, we're calling it Basically, and we're gonna be walking through the Apostles' Creed, which is what we believe basically. Right, these are the essentials. These are the things that we won't debate. These are the things that we kind of won't fall back on. And, and it's actually going to be really exciting because we're going to get to talk about some things that we don't get to a lot. Like we're going to talk about heaven and hell and the afterlife and what happens when you die. We're, we're going to talk about the Trinity and how is God three but one but three but not but... I don't, I don't know who's preaching that one, but... Anyway, we're going to answer that somehow. And it's going to be really good. And so... Two weeks from now, kind of this all starts for summer, and throw in river baptisms in the middle of July, and a bunch of barbecues, and a full youth calendar. It's going to be a really, really good summer, and hope you guys kind of connect with us and stay with us through July and August, right? Yes, and keep coming on Saturday nights, if you're a Saturday night crowd. Um, so in the meantime, we're still in our Yahweh series. We've got two weeks left. And I've loved walking through these names of God, the characteristics of God. I've loved the videos that we've gotten to see. Uh, it's one of our favorite things that we get to do. And so we're going to continue with the series today, and we're going to be talking about how God is called Abba. That is one of the names that is given to God in Scripture multiple times that he is called Abba, which is known as Father. And now we, we kind of talked about this one week one. How many of you remember week one? of this series. That was seven weeks ago. I don't remember seven hours ago. And so we did kind of touch on this for a little bit, but we're going to talk about it a bit more tonight, uh, today. And so Romans 8, if you have your Bibles, Romans 8, verse 15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory, but if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So Abba Father, which means that he is dad, and that we are his kids. 
This, this is about how God invites us to be a part of his family and says, and you can call me father. But it doesn't mean father in like the proper uptight way. You know how certain words mean the same thing technically, but not contextually? Like they have a different feeling about them altogether. Like dad and father and some of those words, they all kind of mean the same thing, but they feel totally different depending on how you say them. Imagine, okay, imagine you're a guy, you're going out to meet your girlfriend's parents for the first time. And you're at a nice restaurant, everyone's sitting around the table, and she's like, and I would like you to meet my father. To which you respond, hopefully, something along the lines of, oh, it's great to meet you, Mr. Samsonette, or whatever his name is, right? Or maybe, maybe so formal as to say, great to meet you, sir. And then you're hoping that what you hear is maybe, oh, you can call me Doc. You might not get that. For a year, you might not get that. Eventually that should happen, and then you're okay to use some of that language. What you would not do, and should not do, is be like, Oh, hey there, pops! Hey there, old man, couple of punches to the stomach. No, no, you're not going to do that on night one, right? Is he a dad? Yes. Can you still call him pops? No. Because it is a thing that is defined not by the definition, but by the relationship. You have to earn the relationship. You have to be in that kind of relationship for someone to be able to, to be called dad. Dad is a significant title. It is not just given to anyone. It, it means father, but not like father, but like what a child would call their dad. Right? No healthy, loving six-year-old is walking around the house going, Father, permission to speak? <laughs> no! No! And if yours does, super! <laughs> Write a book, because that's neat. <laughs> what you want is when you walk through the door as a dad, for your kid to be like, Daddy! Woo! And they're pumped that you're home, they're excited, they get to call you dad. There's, there's love and affection, there's nearness, it's a different kind of feeling altogether. So Abba, it isn't just father, but it's dad. That's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him. That's what he is inviting us to participate in with him. And it's such a unique and incredible title. Dad, right? There's, there's lots of dads who have brothers and sisters. They have uncles. They have friends. But none of them get to call him dad. Right? I'm a dad, and I have friends, but none of my friends call me dad. That's, that's weird, right? It's only an exclusive relationship that I have with my kids. But it's that special. But here's the thing. God is inviting you into that exclusive relationship. Where he says, you're not just a neighbor. You're not just a friend. I'm not just an authority figure. You don't call me sir. Don't call me Mr. Yahweh. Don't call me father. You are my child and I want you to call me dad. It's, it's such an unbelievable privilege and a gift. What a, what a significant moment for dad to invite us to call him Abba. 
And, and so sometimes on Father's Day, and, and even just when we talk about this kind of stuff, we get this backwards a little bit, and we think, yeah, God shares some similarities with human kind of earthly dads. Here's what earthly dads are like, and God's kind of like that. And I would say, no, that's backwards. What we should do is start with, here is what God is like. And sometimes earthly dads get, get it right, and they kind of look like it. But God is the standard. God is the model. God is the one who is the essence of, of fatherhood, and not even just fatherhood, but, but of that kind of loving parent that welcomes you in. Because you can be a dad to people who aren't technically your kids, right? And you just heard one of those stories. See, it's, it's a unique relationship that you are invited into by God himself. God is the perfect picture of that. And so the, the opportunity to call him Abba is about so much more than what does it look like to be a dad? This is, Father's Day sermons are about so much more than just doling out advice to a father. It's about an invitation that God gives everyone to join him in his family. It's just, it's beyond that. This is really about God and his character. This is about God being the, the cornerstone and the foundation of our life and what it means that he offers us peace and grace and love and protection and kindness and gentleness. Like it, It's an unbelievable thing that he invites us into his family. And so whether your experience with your father has been good or bad or helpful or hurtful, or maybe you didn't even have one, this is not about that. This is about God being the perfect picture of who that should be. That, that God provides that for all of us. He wants to be our dad, not just someone else's, but ours. Now, that's not how everyone sees God, is it? I mean, that all sounds good and great, but that's not how a lot of people see God. Like, shocking moment here, but there is some wrong thinking about God in the world. Right? There are some people, and you even just look at the way that he's presented in, in culture and in media, there are some people who think that God is distant. That God is far away, that he is in heaven, and heaven's further than space, and we don't know what he's doing there, but he's in a recliner and he's not taking calls. <laughs> Someone's answering his phone, and it's not him. You're not going to get a hold of him. God is distant. He might be there, but he's way out there. For some people, though, God isn't just distant. He's, maybe he's close, but he's indifferent. And, and God is kind of watching the world, and he's watching it all unfold, and he sees the pain, he sees the hurt, he sees the injustice, he's watching the news, and he is responding with a shrug. He is responding with a resounding meh. And maybe he can do something about it, and maybe he can't, it really doesn't matter, he's just kind of watching. God is a spectator. That's God to a lot of people. For some people, he's not a spectator. For some people, he's involved. The problem is that he's just always mad. He's angry. That, that God is the, the angry old troll who lives under the earth or something. And, and he's always mad. He's mad at you. He's mad at me. He wants to kind of give out punishment. His favorite method is bolts of lightning. So look out if there is a slip of the tongue. Look out if you think something wrong because God is, is going to pull you over and give you a ticket at every opportunity. That's God to some people. For some people, though, God's just a big joke. This is just a, this just kind of a lot. Like, God, really, still in 2017? Really? 
And, and, and it's just kind of a farce at this point. Maybe God had his day. Maybe God had his moment. He was all the rage back in the year four or whatever, right? But that's long gone. And there are bigger and better things happening. And God is out of touch. He's irrelevant. And, and now what matters? Let's all just look to the scientists who are rich and they're going to send us to space in their rockets. But God, he's gotten old. It's time to kind of put God in a home. That's how a lot of people think about God, isn't it? This is how millions and millions of people view God. That is their picture of who God is. And yet the picture that the Bible paints for us about God is about someone who is so warm and inviting and loving and kind. He is slow to get angry, full of love, abounding in grace. He is a God who pursues us, loves us, wants us, invites us. He is not all of the things that, that we see. How come that's not ever the picture we see of him on TV? How come that's not ever the, the God we hear about in the movies? You know why? I think sometimes it's we even struggle to believe it. I think sometimes even those of us who say we follow Jesus still think it certain days. He is distant. Yeah, I'm still... I'm not sure that he's not mad at me all the time. Maybe he is irrelevant. I think we still go there sometimes. I think we still wrestle with that. And that's why this concept of Abba Father is so important because he's reminding us daily, that's not who I am. I'm a good dad. You are my child and I love you. I don't want you to forget that. He is not a God who needs to be impressed by us. He already calls us his masterpiece. He is not a God who is distant. He's a God who says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He is not a God who is indifferent. He, he is a God who says, I am close to the brokenhearted. And I rescue those whose spirits are crushed. This is not a God who is grumpy and angry all the time. It is a God who is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry. And full of unfailing love. This is not a God who is out of touch or irrelevant. It is a God who, according to Colossians 1, existed before anything else. And he is holding all things together. Church, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is not out of touch. It's not done yet. That is who God is. That is the God that we know. He's not distant. He is closer than a brother. He is not indifferent. He is the prodigal God full of unfailing grace. He is not opposed to us, but he's a God who says, I am for you, and if that's true, then who can be opposed to you? He is not remotely out of date or irrelevant, but he is the God who was, but he still is, and he is to come. He's Abba Father. That God looks at us and says, but you guys can call me Dad. I want you guys to be my kids. It's astounding. Why aren't those the things the world thinks of when they think of God? Why isn't that the way the world sees God? You know why I think it is? Maybe it's his kid's fault. You ever blame things on your kids? Let's be honest, parents. Let's be honest. All that food has gone missing. Who is that? It's the kids, man. It's the kids. What's that smell? The kids, obviously. It's always the kids. What if this is one of those times 
when the way that the world is viewing God is so broken and wrong and false, what if it's actually the kids' fault this time? Because the Bible tells us that we're his ambassadors. The Bible tells us that we are his representatives, that we are his messengers, that we are his hands and feet. And so if the world's view of God is so skewed, maybe we have not represented him well. Maybe we've not done our job of, of being his hands and feet with better accuracy. Maybe we are not ambassadating correctly. <laughs> See, there's all kinds of sermons about what it means that God is Abba Father, but there are very few about what it means to be a good kid. What does it mean to be a child of Abba Father? What does it mean that, that now that should change your life? Being adopted into a family should change your life. So it's not even just who is Abba Father. We've touched on that, but now it's what does it mean to be his kid? What are we getting wrong? What are we still thinking incorrectly? What are we still believing that isn't necessarily the truth? Just the thing, every good kid loves to brag on their dad. And every good kid, they, they love their dad. They want to be with their dad. They want to hang off of their dad. Right? It's, man, they just love it. They won't stop talking about their father. Um, for instance, I am, I am that dad who has not volunteered at any of my kids' school field trips. I am that I am sorry, Gibson Neal and associates. I have failed you all. Um, and uh, yeah, I get my kids to school on time. I go to all the spring musicals. You're welcome. But I have not shown up to a field trip. And it's not because they haven't asked me. The permission slip comes home every seven hours in the mail. <laughs> and says, here's what your kids are doing. We need money and also parents. And I have come up with a reason not to do it for so many years. I, I have avoided it so successfully. I, 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 it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I work that day, or I'm allergic to school buses, or I'm dying, or something. There's a, there's a good reason every time that I haven't been able to volunteer. And our oldest daughter, she made it out, and I didn't have to do anything. I was like, ah. Oh. And then our second kid graduates Friday from elementary school. It's like two for three. And my third kid this week handed me a permission slip. She's like, Dad, I want you to do this. We're going geocaching on Monday, and it's at the school. Geocaching is like a fancy treasure hunt with phones. Just go with me, okay? And, and it's Monday, and it's your day off, and I know that you're home, and you've never done anything before. <laughs> this is all true. And I'm just, uh, well, I, I should probably do this. And so I did, and I signed the form, and I will be helping other people's kids find fake treasure in the woods on Monday. And it's going to be great. I do not deserve any applause for being the worst dad. Um, and it's not a big deal. It is the least, like literally, it is the least that I've done. It's the most that I've done. But here's the thing. You would have thought that I handed my kid a million bucks. Because she will not stop talking about that. Dad, Monday is going to be so fun. Dad, you, you better bring coffee with you on Monday. You can do that. It's okay. Dad, I'm going to pick out your clothes for you on Monday. Dad, this is, this is going to be so good. 
She emailed me. I'm not joking. She emailed me. She's nine today and said, I can't wait for Monday. Which is great, because now I feel worse today than I ever have in my life for waiting this long. Listen, to know that your kid actually wants to spend time with you. To know that your kid loves you that much and wants to be with you and just wants to hang out with that. Can you imagine what that would look like if we as God's children acted like that to Abba Father? I cannot wait to spend time with you today, God. I cannot wait to hear from you, to be with you, to listen to you, to tell my friends about you, to, to go to church or to get involved. I just, I just can't wait. Can you imagine how that would make him feel? See, that's what kids are. That's, he wants us to look at him the way a kid looks at their dad. A kid looks at their parents. He, he, he wants, he's going on all of the field trips. Because he says, I am with you always, and I will never leave you. This is the kind of dad I am. And so I want you, I want you to draw near to me so that I can draw near to you. And as much as I love that my nine-year-old is pumped to hang out with me on Monday, how much more does God love it when his children look at him in the same way? Maybe we can have dropped the ball a little bit on what it looks like to be one of his kids, to, to speak of him that way, to think of him that way, even to believe in him that way. Because you know what? Kids believe things about their parents that are wildly untrue. They think their parents are so much cooler and better than they really are. If you see my dad, my dad is so big, my dad is so strong, he's so smart. They, they say it's not true, but they said it, and they believe it. And you know, we want our kids to feel that way. We want them to believe that. When our kids are growing up, we want them to feel like everything is going to be okay. I don't ever want my kid to think, well, what? I don't have to be afraid of anything. My dad's here. I want my kid to think, I don't have to worry about bills and money and finances and groceries. Dad takes care of that. I'm not worried or filled with anxiety. I'm seven and dad's here. Mom's here. Everything's fine. You don't want your kids to grow up kind of carrying the weight of things that they shouldn't be aware of when they're six or seven year old, right? That's what every good father and mother wants their kids to grow up feeling, that, that level of protection, comfort, security, and stability. But eventually, you get old enough when you realize the day comes, you're like, my parents were faking it too. <laughs> they did not have it all together. They, they had financial troubles. They worried about things. They had relational issues. They made mistakes. I am shocked. I remember. I remember having those feelings as I grew up. Like, hold on. They were just making it up. Because this is how I feel all the time. I'm still playing, playing pretend every day of my life. But they were doing the same thing. I remember the first day I heard my dad swear. He just said, sugar, right? It's fine. And, and I remember, I was like, he's a human now. This is amazing. Right? Like, eventually the reality comes into play and you're like, oh, they weren't perfect and infallible like I thought when they were a kid. You kind of reach that point. Kids don't see it. They don't see it. They just see their perfect parents taking care of everything. See, our Heavenly Father, though, is like that. He is perfect. 
He is infallible. What do I have to be afraid of? Because my dad is the one who has perfect love that drives out all fear. What do I have to worry about when it comes to finances and money and food and what I'm going to wear? Because my God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Why do I have to have anxiety and worry and stress when my dad says, you can cast all your cares upon me? It's, he wants us to still look at him the way kids look at their parents before they grow up and realize it was all fake. He wants us to have that kind of, man, have you seen my dad? My dad is so big. He is. My dad is so strong and so wise. It's true. That's our dad. He says, I want you to call me Abba the way that a kid would call their parents Abba because the kids have that kind of faith that says, they, I believe my dad can do anything. Have you lost that with your father, with your heavenly father? He's still that good. He's still that perfect. We're never going to grow up and come to a realization that God was faking it. You're never going to grow up and come to the realization that God actually has some stress and fear and anxiety. He's got financial issues. None of that's true. He is a perfect heavenly father. Amen. So that's what it's like for him to be dad. This is what it's like for us to be his kids. But the other part of this that's so astounding is this idea that he's actually adopted us into his family. Like what a what a revelation that is. I, to me, there are few things that look more like the gospel when than when people take people in that aren't necessarily their technical family, but they call them family. Come into my home. We'll treat you like one of our own. You are one of our own. And I love that. That's such a beautiful picture of the gospel, and that's what God says to us. He says, I want you to come into my family, meaning that that's us, that we're all kids together. And then God even tells us, like, I'm building an addition onto the house. I'm preparing a place for you. And we're all going to live there. And it's going to be huge. And it's going to be awesome. Like, adoption changes everything. Like, have you ever moved and, and like, gone back to your old house by accident? You have. <laughs> Make me feel better. You have. Like, you ever moved, and, and you lived on one side of town, but then you all of a sudden now live on the other side of town, but on the way home, just cruise control clicks in, and you're going this way, and you're pulling into the driveway, and you're going, wait, I don't live here anymore. We used to live in that white house in the parsonage. We don't even own it anymore. In fact, there's like trees there now. Don't drive through that nice man's new trees. It's not our parking lot anymore. Um, but I remember when we moved out of that and we moved to Pontiac, I remember still walking home one day and like made it to the door and was like, wait, I don't live here, nor can I walk home anymore and drove home. See, adoption is kind of that same picture of saying, wait, this is who I used to be. That's where I used to live. That used to be my home but I don't live there anymore. I used to have to take that road and drive that way and live that way and do those things, but I don't. I live here now. I take this way home. I'm with these people. This is what I do now. Every now and then, though, we gotta get lost, don't we? And we go back to the way it was and we're like, no, I'm back how, right? I showed up at my old place. 
this isn't who I am anymore. This isn't the family I'm in anymore. I actually live here now with him. That's what it means to be adopted. That you have a new home, you have a new family, you have a new life, and it's so much better than it was before. And here's the thing, it, it even extends into eternity. It is an unbelievable gift and privilege that he has adopted us into his family. And you know what's great for all those times we forget where we live and we take the old way home? We have a dad who comes to find us. He's a dad who leaves his other 99 kids at home with mom. He's responsible. He leaves the other 99 at home and he hunts down the one who has gone back to their old house and he says, you don't live here anymore. This isn't who you are anymore. And he picks them up and he takes them home. That's what it means to be adopted. That he's pursuing us and loving us to that degree that you would do it for your own kids. He says, you're my child. And I came for you. What a privilege we get to call the almighty God of the universe, Dad. What a gift that he invites us into his family. That he gives us everything that's his. He calls us heirs to whatever he's going to get. And that it extends beyond even this life. Unbelievable, And so I hope today you go with that encouragement regardless of what your current family situation looks like or a relationship you've got with your mom or your dad, whoever it is. You have a heavenly Abba Father who says, I'm your dad. And he's the perfect picture of it. But now our role and responsibility as his kids is to go tell everyone how awesome dad is and to show them the right picture of God to show them the accurate, truthful way of how loving and good and gracious and kind he is. I want to close with Ephesians 2.19. Talking to us, we're the Gentiles in this verse. He says, so now you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. See, we're not just in his family. We actually make up his house. Hallelujah. And we do it together as family, as church, as one. And so be encouraged in your dad today. Be encouraged that you are his kid today. And be encouraged that nothing can change his mind about that. And that he will even hunt you down if you take the old way home. Because he is so good and loving. Are you encouraged in that? I hope you are today. I want to pray for us as we close with a song that kind of reiterates the good news that he is our cornerstone. Jesus we are so grateful. It's hard to put it into words. It's hard to comprehend what it means. We can't. Even in our best earthly wisdom, we can hardly really understand what it means that we get to call you dad. And that you've invited us to do that. This is not anything we've done. It's not anything we've earned. It's not anything we could have done. But it's an invitation that you extended to us despite us. You did it knowing that we would still go the old way home sometimes. And you still said, no, 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 you're my kid. And I love you. 
And so, Father, I pray for the people that are here today that need that encouragement. Holy Spirit, that you would fill them with comfort, peace, grace, and hope. God, I pray this week as we go as your kids that we would not be able to stop talking about you. That we would be telling everyone how awesome our dad is and how good he is and how much they need to know him. Help us to paint a better picture for the world to see Abba Father. We love you and we're grateful. We pray it in your name. Amen.